Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Sydney, we've done a lot of really personal episodes over the years. And I think today's episode, um, when I was asking you for particulars about it, distinguishing factors, um, you uh, you let me know that this may be one of our most personal, personal yet, one that's really hit close to home. Um, because well, I guess that's fair. Because you said about today's... Uh, topic that it hurts, and you had one once. <laughs> so that's why well, you you we're asked coming at this me from a very facts. personal angle today, right? That's true. Justin always asks me for some facts about the topic to like come up with these very, as you can tell, very clever. Um, I think like comedy masterpiece level bits that are intros to our show. And when he asked me about this topic in particular, he said, what, what kind of facts can you give me? And I don't know, like they're right there in front of him. So I just thought maybe he could look at him himself this time, but he didn't. So I said it hurts and I had one. I don't like to read ahead and I'll spoil it for myself if I read ahead. So I like to keep it all just, fresh and new. I just feel like I do all the heavy lifting mm-hmm. ahead of time. Like I do all the hard work and like you could just like, <sighs> isn't, aren't you professionally funny? Yeah, but that humor comes from a lot of pain, and I've had that was really my heavy lifting was mm-hmm. years of um, bullying, bullying basically just experiencing <laughs> bullying. Would you say that that pain was as bad as a kidney stone? I have no frame of reference, but I do want to know about a kidney stone because this seems like one of those things that you hear people talk about enough, but I really don't have much of a frame of reference for like what it is. Well, they hurt. I and you had one once. Those are the two things I know about kidney stones. <laughs> That's true. Well, a lot of people have asked me to talk about kidney stones. And I think in part, um, not everyone who suggested this, but quite a few people who have, uh, it's been a personal thing. It's been because they have been affected by kidney stones and probably had the same thought I did, which was, oh, oh gosh, this is, oh no, this is awful. This is horrible, but like more dramatic. And then why is this happening to me? Oh, dear God, why? Oh, God, not me. This can't be happening to me. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Nicholas and Skye and Nicola and Daniel and Alexis and Nathaniel and Amanda and Vicky and Russell and Chase and Nia and Ad. Thank all of you. Thanks, everybody, for recommending. Yes. And I'm I'm sure at least for a few of you for having them. Thank you, and I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry I hear they're very that. painful and Sydney had one once, so you're in good company. <laughs> 
So kidney stones, and we'll talk a little bit, let me say, just to be fair, I'm going to talk a little bit about bladder stones too. Same idea, just different location. Yeah, if you expect me to learn the difference between those two, you're, no way. One's in the kidney, one's in the bladder. Mm. There you go. You already lost me. That's it. Nephrolithiasis is the other word here we're going to use. Or (laughs) ureterolithiasis. No, No, that won't be necessary. Arenolithiasis. We're fine. you prefer. I mean, we're talking about stones, the word for stone, and then the location of the stone. That's really it. The tomb. Usually I find that the the location of the stone (laughs) is somewhere buried in the tomb or in the shrine of the silver monkey. (laughs) <laughs> That's where everybody always got stuck Was in the shrine of the silver monkey Gotta be careful in there It's very confusing That head looks like it's butt It's a very confusing monkey Much like there are several places Along the urinary tract Where the kidney stones can get stuck Whoa I like that Yeah So Your body is a temple It's led, It's old Mac It's, <laughs> it's the hidden temple it's the hidden temple <laughs> And there are places Where you stones get stuck um, um, It's it's pretty much what you would think So it's not an, I mean, it's not a stone per se, but it is a small like clump of usually like crystal like mineral materials that, um, you know, they sort of precipitate out of your urine and begin to stick together and form a little hard, can be sharp, can be smooth, irregular, various colors and shapes depending on what minerals are in there. So I was like thing. I was about to ask you if I pop one out, what would it look like? But it sounds like a, quite a variety. It depends. It, a lot of them are are calcium oxalate stones. That's the majority of kidney stones are made of calcium oxalate, and so they would look like these little, maybe like brownish or reddish brownish. Um, I don't know, like little irregular moon rock looking thingies. Okay. Um, but there can be ones that look sharper or more jagged or smoother. Or some can be like purpley in color or some can be kind of clear lighter or yellow um, th- there's a variety depends on what causes them the majority are calcium uh size wise fairly small hopefully yeah the majority are fairly small they can be anywhere from like the, a grain of sand you know they can be quite quite small um which is what you're hoping for That's if you have the, one cross your fingers yeah or um they can they can get fairly large into the centimeters oh again you don't Oof. want that yeah. Uh, the bigger, the more problems they cause, of course. Um, so obviously they form inside your kidney. They got to make their way out of your kidney. And the way out of your kidney is down the ureter, into the bladder, and then out the urethra. Okay. Which is where you pee from. Right. Right. Got that? Got that. <laughs> uh, and that's why, of course, the smaller, the better. Um, hopefully they just come out. Yeah, but you sometimes pass them is what we would say. Sometimes your your ureter wouldn't be big enough, I think, to pass that. That's true. They can get hung up in there. Mm. They can get they can get hung up in the ureter. They can get hung up in the place where the ureter meets the bladder. What kind of pain um, are we talking with these? Like a, like a burning, sharp pain. What, what, what could we look forward to? Well, the word that we would use medically is a colicky pain, which means it kind of comes and goes as the stone moves, and um, it's a pretty intense pain. It's a pretty, uh, um, I would say, like more of a deep, achy, throbby kind of pain. Ugh. But I mean, so, I mean, people describe it as sharp sometimes. But it comes and goes as the stone moves. That's when it hurts. Is when it's moving, and um, it's it like when someone is doubled over, clutching their you know midsection or their lower back and writhing. That's probably a kidney stone. Yeah. 
Um, and obviously they can, in addition to being very painful, they can lead to obstruction. So they can block the flow of urine, which is bad because it can kind of cause the kidney to swell and that sure. can damage the kidneys. Um, and then to infections too, because stuff builds up behind it and bacteria like to just swim around and, you know, stagnant pools of urine. Like much, like, that, much like any of us, really. Like how that guy had to get home from Survivor, sent home from Survivor because his pipes were all blocked up. Sort of like that, yeah. I mean, his prostate was... prostate, was, prostate but still. Right, right, was blocking his pipes. But either way, you don't want your... Po- you cannot get your pipes blocked up. It's a very serious problem. Your plumbing's got to be got to be flowing. Churning. So now, as you can imagine, because they because kidney stones, I mean, can affect almost anyone, really. They're, they're, not, they're not uncommon. Um, Some people seem to get them a lot. Which, uh, you know, and and I'll get into that just a little bit, but there are hereditary reasons why you might get stones. Um, There are genetic reasons, and then some people just have certain diseases that predispose them to it. Um, But there are records of us trying to treat these guys uh, back to ancient times because they're very painful. Um, And when they come out, we can see them so we know exactly what the problem was, right? Okay, Which is is like a rare thing in medicine where like once once you pee out the stone, you can pick it up and go, this was the problem. That's going to be kind (laughs) of satisfying, right? This is an easy one to crack. Like it comes out. How often do you just like take out the bad thing and it's just like blop? It's it's a it's a wonderful uh, what a chance to cut is a chance to cure. That's a wonderful time <laughs> in medicine when it's that simple. It rarely is. We've seen descriptions of stones dating back to the Mesopotamians, and we found stones in Egyptian mummies. So you know we know people were dealing with them and describing them and trying to figure out ways to fix them. Um, the most common way that people came up with to fix them was surgery. Really? Strangely enough. Yes. Well, we know it's a physical thing. Why not go in there and get it? Exactly. Removing stones is one of the oldest surgeries that people were trying to do. The germs hadn't been admitted yet, so might as well get in there and get it out. Uh, Sushruta, a surgeon from India, 600 BC, wrote descriptions of lots of different surgical procedures, including uh, what we would call a perineal lithotomy, which means... You would make a hole in the perineum. Do you know what the perineum is? The taint. Thanks, Justin. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes what? It The perineum. I'm not going to use that word. Okay. Well, that'll be... I'm kind of the common man here. I represent the people. Would you like to explain to people where that that is? It's the taint. It's between your... Your front bucket. Bu- front, front butt and your back front butt. Front butt and your back butt. <laughs> it's the no man's land. Between your front back, but is the DMZ between your the PMZ between your front butt and your back butt? Do you, do you know where the where taint comes from? Yes, I'm not going to say that because that gives me the shivers. Okay, so so you the way that you would do it is you would go up through the perineum. You can't actually like there lead into that without actually saying what it is now, because there's at least one person out there who's like, "What is it? You can't do this to me." It's called the taint because it taint this and it taint that. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Anyway, (laughs) so you you cut a hole through the perineum and you could go up and try to remove the stone that way. Um, He also wrote a a theory on stone formation, uh, the idea being that if you eat foods that are considered impure or unclean, and we're kind of talking from like a spiritual sense, uh, your inner passageways would become all clogged up with uh, phlegm and urine that would mix together to form these stones. Makes perfect sense. Um, and then you would get a kidney stone. If if you didn't want to do surgery, 
there were some conservative treatments you could try. Uh, one just being a vegetarian diet. Okay. That doesn't sound too bad. So like I'll either cut It sounds a pretty bad, but go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. I'll cut a hole in your perineum. And by the way, we don't have antibiotics or anesthesia or any sort of pain control or anything. Or you can just eat a vegetarian diet. What? I'm sorry. It's 600 BC. I'm going to live to 25. I'm just going to ride or die. If that's cool. I'm just going to go ahead and keep eating these like uh, mammoth, woolly mammoth steaks. That's all right about you. <laughs> well, you had a third choice. Oh, well, Doug said you didn't tell me I had a third one. Uh, a treatment of um, clarified butter and milk that is then loaded into a syringe and injected into your urethra. Um, No. <laughs> No, I'd <laughs> rather no not. To that one. No, I'd rather not Done. become uh 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 butter poached from the inside <laughs> out. Thank you. You're scampied. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to be scampy, scampied, scampy Justin. Sous vide. Um, Hippocrates wrote about stones. This is a this is very famously he wrote about stones of the kidney and the bladder. Um, and the the way in which he wrote about them, it's interesting. It was specifically stating that he would not fix them with surgery. Uh, it is actually part of the original Hippocratic Oath. <laughs> really? Like cutting room floor stuff? I will not cut for the stone, but will leave this to be done by practitioners of this work. Cut for the stone, of course, meaning do a surgery to remove a stone. Practitioners of this work meaning... So, that's interesting. At the time, there were people known as... Stone jockeys. <laughs> sure. Lithotomists. Okay. Same thing. They were probably mainly guys who would remove stones, and that's what they did. And the reason is that at the time, surgery was very risky. Mm -hmm. uh, right. We know that. Any surgery was. And so to do it maybe meant, likely meant, could very well mean that you were killing somebody. So because they didn't know a good way to do it and consistently not kill people hippocrates basically said look this is not what physicians should be doing leave it to lithotomists and they can try this risky thing okay so that actually stuck around for a really long time there's a there's a really long period of history where doctors uh did not do surgery because it was kind of considered beneath them almost mm -hmm. um because no people are going to die and that's why we see that connection with you know this leads into like the time of barber surgeons and everything mm -hmm. so but these were specifically people who would just quote unquote cut for the stone um in 276 bc ammonius of alexandria came up with the idea of not just cut making a cut to remove the stone but actually like using a little hook so you would do the lithotomy you would stick a hook up there to kind of hold the stone in place. And then you would take a blunt instrument in and kind of like pound the stone into pieces, like great. break it up. Oh, actually great. Yeah, for and, sure. <laughs> but then you wouldn't have to pull it back out. You would just let it pass on its own, which wasn't a crazy idea considering that through the years we would search for, you know, safer ways to break a stone up and let you pass it on your own. Okay. Um, but the, I, I don't know, a hook and a blunt instrument probably wasn't the best way Could to do, do better it. than that. Now, Ammonius did so many of these that he came to be known as Lithotomus, <laughs> which I think is really is that, funny. Is that a pretty good one? Don't you think so? I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> I mean, imagine like the modern day equivalent. Like you do so many, you know, appendectomies that we start calling you appendectomous. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Yeah, I am. I'm chuckling over here. I've I mean, got my mic really turned down too low to hear, but I'm 
I'm busting a guy. Cholecystectomus. That's when you take out your gallbladder. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Celsus would later write about uh, the best way to do the procedure. Although, to be fair, he never did one. He just wrote about it. And he insisted on a couple things in addition to this is the... Guys, the- <laughs> guys, this is how I dream it would go down. <laughs> so it's me and I'm cruising along in my sleek Lamborghini. And this hot babe pulls up to me. She's like, ah! Give me some help. <laughs> I'm like, here, let me allow me, madam. And also, it has to be spring. Yeah. And it's best if it's a nine to 14 year old. Ugh. That's just Creep. who you thought it was best to, to do the procedure on. And well, also- you can't. Okay. No. Okay. Wait. <laughs> wait. No. I'm sorry. No. You can't, as part of your therapy, say who it would be best to have the thing. I like guess that- if it's like a, it's it's all a hypothetical procedure. He's never done one. So. It's like dream one. Like if this, <laughs> like he would love to do one, and he's sure he's great at it. But like he's got to wait for just the right one to come along before he'll really get it get into the pool. Wait in there with the rest <laughs> of us. Like the height. This is like the the epitome of like ivory tower What's academia this medicine. Name? Celsus. Celsus. Yeah. This guy's a creep. I don't know about this guy. Um, and that also he makes it. He makes the point that you need to have two uh, assistants to perform this procedure. They should be strong and also preferably smart. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, in in the medieval period, men uh, lithotomists um, would travel from town to town to perform lithotomies, and we've kind of talked about this, like the showmanship of medicine for a while, like as we, you know, as we move into much later periods, like medicine shows, um, but like the people who would go around extracting teeth, you know, in front of crowds. Yeah, they make a big, big production out of it. The same thing. Yeah. Same idea, except for they're cutting holes in people's perineums and pulling stones out of them. So basically, if you came up to them and said you had any problem from the waist down, they were going to cut a hole and try to pull a stone out they of They only you. have that one trick. Yeah, so. When you, when all you got to hammer, everything looks like a taint. <laughs> Plus, there's big money in that. Big money. Yeah, because you get tickets and you get the you get it front end and back end and in the middle from the taint. <laughs> and there was like no entertainment at the time. Like sure. we had no TV. We had no uh, Blendoku. I mean, there was nothing to do, basically. So yeah, you just watched watch somebody do get lithotomies. their taint blasted. <laughs> uh, there are lots of people who spend their free time that way now yeah mostly in second life but (laughs) they're all over um so they would do this of course without anesthesia and very quickly and with a lot of i don't know glamour with a lot of panache yeah yeah you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. a show um and for an audience in 1215 there was a a papal edict that actually and i kind of alluded to this forbade physicians from doing any surgery because it was thought that it was unclean and that you would be kind of spiritually contaminated, so to speak, by if you came in contact with blood or bodily fluids, um, which is exactly why we had, you know, these lithotomists doing these surgeries, as well as, again, the rise of barber surgeons um, who didn't have, you know, what we would think of it at the time as a traditional medical training. They just knew how to cut things. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um and this this actually persisted until 1540 when Henry VIII was the one who actually kind of united the professions into surgeons. Okay. Um, we just a quick mention. We talked about this in the self surgery episode, but um, do you remember the Dutch blacksmith John de Doot? 
who removed his own bladder stone. Do you remember this story? Uh, very, vaguely, yeah. I won't belabor it because we told the whole story in the in the self-surgery it's episode. It's been years ago. Go back and listen to that one. Yeah, it's a good one. But in 1651, he had a he had a huge stone in his bladder. He'd had multiple. He'd had three removed before by uh, barber surgeons or lithotomists. And he was like, forget this. I can do it myself. So he cut a hole in his own perineum and yanked a stone out. Like the Love size it. of a hen's egg, I believe, is the way the story goes. That's a lie. That one's a lie. <laughs> nice try, buddy. Listen, we already think you're a tough fella. Uh, throughout the Renaissance, we got way better um, different approaches. Uh, specifically, the big revolution was trying to get stones out by actually going what we call suprapubically. So like from the front of the abdomen sure. into the bladder. Um was the way we started going for stones, and that was better. We got better tools and improved methods. We practiced a lot on criminals. Oops. Um, that was that made us better at them. Um, for a while, we tried to stick a nail up the urethra and hit the stone with a hammer. That was not very successful. Luckily, we moved on from there. Um, there have been a lot of famous people, by the way, with stones. Well, we have established Sydney had one once. So... Uh, obviously, most famously me, but slightly less famously, uh, Napoleon did, and Michelangelo suffered from from many kidney stones. Ben Franklin, Louis the Fourteenth, Isaac Newton. It is a it is a disease of distinction. I would say. I want to hear about some of the ways we've tried to fix them. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about stones, but first, Justin, why don't you follow me to the billing department? Let's go. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl 
is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you gonna get this truffle butter filet mignon? I mean, seriously, from 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 a, a box pre prepared. All I got in two minutes. I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, And the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney McElroy fix my kidney stones. It's America's least popular game show. Sydney McElroy fix my kidney stones <laughs> with your host, Sydney McElroy. Uh, so and Pat Sajak. Times are hard on old Pat. He's had my, to make ends meet. So for my first uh, trick, I would like to consult urology. That's uh, it. That's the only trick I. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, sorry. How did we do? I'm a family practice doctor. Yeah, I can't remove kidneys. I don't cut for the stone. Hippocrates told me not to. <laughs> um, but uh, but like, how did we? So because surgery throughout time was so dangerous, and one way or another, that stone's got to it's got to come out of there. Okay, the stone's got to come out. Stone's Whether coming it's out. coming out in bits and pieces or coming out as one whole thing, it's got to come out of there. That's really the that's the treatment. The stone's got to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but because surgery was so dangerous, people have tried a lot of weird things uh, from time to time in addition to the the weird butter basting milk urethral syringe mm-hmm. um, some herbal remedies that have been tried uh, mustard plasters were popular uh, which can be very irritating to the skin by the way so you got to be careful with that you just kind of slap it over like the area that hurts hope that that'll do something slap just so sorry slap it on the area that hurts with the kidney stones yeah got it okay well, you kind of hurt like in your like flank area, and then it kind of radiates around to like your groin, and then Got down it. down to the nether regions. I'm with you. Uh, so you would probably like stick a mustard plaster on your back, or don't. I mean, don't. But like, this is what people would have done. Um, a lot of different teas have been touted as great for so so like quote unquote dissolving the stones. That is what people think that they're doing when they're they're taking these different substances, um, like nettle tea and celery seed tea and watermelon seed tea and parsley tea, corn silk tea. It's like what? A lot of tea. Like, just nothing. drink any tea. dandelion tea. Just anything that's around um, has been you know said that it would. Uh, like I said, dissolve the stones. Plantains were thought to do that. Marshmallow mm-hmm. root is a popular. Man, people thing. love that marshmallow root, huh? Yeah, I have no idea what that is. People are crazy about it. I mean, it's a root made of marshmallows, <laughs> or it looks like mar. It is it that it looks like delicious marshmallows. I don't even know if it looks like mar. I don't know. Why is it marshmallow root? I don't know, Justin. Okay. It seems like something that you should tell me about. I'll tell you about it. Sid. You go look up marshmallow root and get back to me. All right, we'll do. Uh, there were another one that I particularly liked was a cabbage leaf poultice. Now, cabbage leaves are another thing. Like uh, you will see all over the internet, people taking cabbage leaves and like smashing them on various parts of their body, strapping them on to their. I don't know their bellies, their butts, their boobs, whatever, <laughs> to do various things. Great, wonderful things for them. But a, um, a cabbage leaf poultice specifically with onions and bran. 
Man, I don't uh, know. That sounds like a rough afternoon to me. That you would like cook and like slather on the cabbage leaf and like stick to your side. So like you don't feel bad enough as it is because you got a freaking kidney stone. Now you've got cabbage and onions. Like I guess maybe that takes your mind off of it. I don't know. It won't. Um, and then uh, uh, always with kidney stones, people will tell you just to drink water until it goes away. Let me give you a little a little piece of advice there. If you've already got the kidney stone, it's a little too late to be pounding If you got water. the kidney stone, it's too late to hydrate. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying don't drink water. Of course, water's great. It's, it's very important for you. Drink water. If you have a kidney stone, still drink water. That's wonderful. But really, you should have drank more water beforehand because dehydration is one reason you may have gotten the stone. Um, this uh, 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 marshmallow root, quick trivia. You ready? Because okay. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm true to my word. Uh, the root, which is actually called um, Althea. Althea, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, uh, Althea was used uh, since Egyptian antiquity in a honey-sweetened confection useful in the treatment of a sore throat. The later French version of the recipe, which is called, and I'm going to butcher this, but uh, Pate de Guamave, or Guamave for short, it included an egg white meringue and was often flavored with rose water. Pate Guamave more closely resembles contemporary commercially available marshmallows which no longer contain any actual marshmallow. Huh. So, yeah, there you go. All very interesting. I think this should be a new segment every episode that you have to do, like, Justin, one. We'll call it Justin Googled It. Justin Googled It just now, and he taught us something. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. <laughs> I'm bringing value. Great job. Great job. Uh, so a couple more recipes and they're endless. They're endless. If you want to, I mean, I don't know why. If you have a kidney stone, you do not want to waste time Googling, like, Home remedies for kidney stone. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But if you did in your free time, some things you might find. Um, kidney beans. Now, I know what we're going. I know what where this comes from. We know if you listen to the show, you know where where these kinds of crazy ideas come from. They look like kidneys. They look like kidneys. They're called kidney beans. Uh, that whole you know the um, the law of signatures. Mm-hmm. The idea that something that looks like something else will fix it. So, you know, crushed walnuts will fix a headache because they kind of look like little brains. Gotcha. There you go. Kidney beans will fix kidney stones. So you take 60 grams of kidney beans, add four liters, liters of water. You heat that for four to five hours. You strain that through a fine muslin cloth. You allow it to cool. And then you drink one glass of this every two hours uh, for a week. Okay. Done. And then... Your kidney stone goes away. It didn't. I'm here for a refund. Or if it if it's been a week and it hasn't, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We try. We did our best. Um, another one that I, I particularly enjoyed was lemon juice as a cure for kidney stones. So in the morning, you start your day with a glass of uh, water mixed with the juice of one fresh lemon. If like you know, like in the morning, just your regular day sounds refreshing. Um, Every day to try to hopefully prevent the kidney stones. But then let's say that you do start having some pain from a kidney stone. Then you're going to take four tablespoons of lemon juice, mix it into a glass of water, and drink that. Now, if your body accepts it. Always so important. <laughs> if it accepts it, then your pain will go away in 20 minutes. If your body's being lame and drop the ball. Then in that case, uh, you need to add um, to the four tablespoons of lemon juice, you need to add four tablespoons of olive oil 
and you need to drink this. Um, can you yeah. add sugar? No. Please? No. Sorry. Four tablespoons lemon juice, four tablespoons olive oil, mix it in some water, and then also that will probably make you sick. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. It's also so. a vinaigrette dressing that we had <laughs> so tonight is, for dinner it is in our yeah. blue apron it's also that it's also vinaigrette so if you if your kidney pain does go away use the rest of it on your salad there you go perfect if it doesn't go to a doctor because you should have done that to begin with now i'm in now i'm best of both worlds my kidney sense gone i'm enjoying a delicious crisp salad <laughs> what a great thursday don't pretend like you like salads all of a sudden i'd love them you want to love them i ate several bites of that one tonight even though i didn't like it and that wasn't against Blue Apron. We made it bad. We did it bad. Uh, there is a there is one last one last little interesting kidney stone fact before before I take you to today. There's a small town in Italy uh, to the southeast of Rome, and it is called Fugi. 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 F i u g g i. And it has uh, natural mineral springs. That have been for for numerous reasons praised for having healing qualities, um, but specifically for the ability to dissolve kidney stones. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we had to bring him up, of course. Old Pliny the Elder. Yeah, you know he's got family get in here. friend Pliny the Elder. Uh, this was his recommendation for what you should do if you have any kin- kidney ailments. If you have a kidney stone, if you have kidney pain, if you have any kind of urinary problems, g- go to Fugi. Because <laughs> there's nothing you want to do more when you have a kidney stone than uh, a road trip. <laughs> to Italy. Uh, and drink the the mineral waters there and your problems will be solved. Um, this was made famous by a lot of a lot of royalty and important people. Pope Boniface the Eighth was cured supposedly of his kidney issues by the waters. Um, and then from then from that point, the royal families all over Europe started like demanding that casks of this be sent for them to stock up in their castles to use sure. for their kidney problems. Um, I read that it may that there was somebody claiming that like it cured Michelangelo stones, but then I also read somewhere else that when I was reading about Michelangelo having kidney stones, that they may have been the reason he died. So I don't know if they really cured him. Kind of the kind of the furthest away the yeah. two facts could be from each other, huh? Basically, either it did or it didn't. Either it did or it <laughs> didn't. That's two different ways of looking at it. Uh, but there are tons of people who claim that it has magical healing powers. And like to this day, people make pilgrimages there and say that they have been not just their kidney issues, but that all their medical problems have been cured by this. But primarily kidneys and kidney stones, these waters will, uh, in theory, fix. It is also supposedly like a natural Viagra. Just throwing that out. There. Awesome. So there you go. All right. So real quick, what what about today? So today, just just... You know, we're much better at removing stones. We have many more techniques that are very minimally invasive. We mainly go through the urethra. Yeah. And and go up through the bladder, and we can either break up the stone. We have ways to, to break it up that way, or we can go in and remove it that way if we need to. Or we can put something called like a stent inside the ureter to kind of keep the ureter open and allow the stone to pass on its own. Love it. Um, if we have to go what we call percutaneously, like through the kidney to get the stone, we can. Uh, we don't do that as often. But there, there are many, many ways to do safe, uh, much less painful, much cleaner surgeries now um minimally invasive to remove kidney stones if needed um the majority still pass on their own the majority are small enough that they're just gonna time and some pain medicine 
and they're gonna they're gonna get through there All hopefully right. um but and like i said there are hereditary factors they run in families they run in mine i'm not oh, yeah. the only member of my family to have had stones uh, we were all given giant jugs to collect our pee when i was younger so that the doctors could study it and see what kind of stones we were forming okay we didn't do it but good <laughs> well good. no we should have like uh, the scientist in me now regrets that but uh, i mean i was little i mean it wasn't my fault i blame my family fair. anyway so there are hereditary factors there are meds that can predispose you again the main thing you should do is stay hydrated um and uh and if you do get kidney stones so go talk to your doctor about ways you could maybe alter your diet or your, you know like i said the medications or something that could help prevent you from getting so many. And also, again, if you think you have a stone, don't Google it. Please go see a doctor. We can help you. Folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you. We hope you had a good time listening to the show. Uh, if you want to suggest a topic, uh, the best thing to do is probably email us. Don't you think, Sid? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I see when you tweet or when you put them on Facebook, and I, I love, I appreciate all your comments. I read them, but I can search them much easier in the emails so when i'm looking for ideas that's where i go and when i'm looking for names and people to thank that's also where i go um so what else we want to talk about oh maximumfun.org is our uh the website for our podcast network called maximum fun got a ton of great shows on there like uh one i want to highlight is the beef and dairy network it's a very funny show uh, which is only about 10 minutes long, and it is uh, a show about beef, dairy, and agriculture, which is very funny. Um, trust me on this one. Wink. And uh, if you like like uh, funny stuff, you should check it out. Also listen to Still Buffering. That's a show that Sydney makes with her sisters. Uh, it is very funny. My brother Griffin only listens to two podcasts, he says, and that's one of them. What's the other podcast? It is a mystery. It's a show about dealing with teen life. From sisters. That's right. That's that, the important one. You I'm can find you that, at, that one. At thank, te- thank you, Griffin. Justin doesn't listen, so te- thank you, Griffin. TeenGoogle.com <laughs> is where you can find that show. It's also at MaximumFun.org, like all our shows. Thanks to to the taxpayers for letting us use their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And uh, until next Wednesday or Thursday sometimes, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.